Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. You can go ahead if you want to and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Um, If you don't have a Bible or if you don't want to turn, you can, they'll be up on the screens in just a minute. But I feel like God is really wanting to challenge us to think about how he might be calling us uniquely to live on mission both here and now and in the future. So I want us to kind of look at that. Now, a lot of times when you hear the word missionary, what do you think about? You think about packing your bags. You think about renewing that passport, getting all your shots, making sure you get a COVID test, right? I mean, now that's the world we live in right now. And then go to another country. And while that may be true for some of us, it's not true for all of us. And living on mission is living. God has created each of us with that unique ability to live on mission. Look, he's placed us. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but think for just a second. He has placed you in that unique family to live on mission. He has placed you in that unique work situation to live on mission. He has placed you in that unique school to live on mission. He has placed you on those unique teams inside those unique friend groups for you to what? Live on mission. He has placed you in those unique situations. We're all in different places, right? Why in the world are we all in different places? Because God wants us in those unique places using the unique gifts and talents that he has given each of us to live on mission. On mission, we have a job to do. And look, our job is not to do it tomorrow. Our job is not to do it a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, or whenever we feel comfortable. Our job is to live on mission right now, right now. And I'm going to show you how we can do that. Listen, you have everything you need to live on mission. He has already given you everything that you need to live on mission right now. He's already placed you in the places that he needs you to be to live on mission right now i i can't strive i can't stress this point enough that we have everything we need to live right now on mission and we're going to show that as we unpack this scripture uh we're going to look at a long passage what feels like a long passage to me but it's a long passage and it's a parable that jesus began to talk to his disciples about and it teaches the disciples some truths about what it's like in, in God's kingdom. Because at the time, it was very foreign to everybody what God's kingdom was like. So he would, he would talk in, in, in illustrations and in parables so that they would understand what it was like to live on earth as it is in heaven, right? And it's the same parables that speak to me and you today. 
It's the same way to kind of unpack what it's like for, to live in the kingdom of heaven and on mission. And I want us to look, Matthew chapter 25, we're going to be reading 14 through 30, but this is the parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by this story of a man going on a long trip and he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Now look, this is a parable. I don't want you to get caught up in money. The message isn't money. Okay? Don't get caught up in it being money and you miss the message. Money can represent any gift, any talent, any ability, any responsibility, any circumstance, any situation that God has given you. So it's not just about money, even though that's the illustration, okay? Don't get caught up and miss the message. All right, verse 15. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in the portion to their abilities. He then left on, his, on a long trip. Now, notice the master isn't playing favorites with how much he's given out. Because he said he's given it out to what? To their abilities. The master knows the servants. Right? The master knows what they do. What they're like. Where they live. Who their families are what their time constraints are. He knows all of that. So he says, I'm going to give you to what is your ability to take on. In the same way as is, is, is the way it is with us, God entrusts us to what we have ability for. And I'm trying not to move ahead of myself too fast. But that means, okay, that means the, the, the master and gave them money based on what they had the ability to handle. That means the master knew they could handle that money, right? God knows you. He created you. He knows you. He gave you the gifts, the talents, the abilities, the circumstances, the responsibilities, the situations because he knows you can handle it. Because he knows you. All right? All right, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Okay, verse 16. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from the trip and he called them to give, an, uh, to give them an account for all that they had used or how they used his money. Now, again, don't get caught up in the money, okay? We're talking about gifts, talents, ability. This is a parable. This is just a story. Verse 20. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more. And the master said, I'm sorry, and he said, Master, you gave me the five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 22. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, 
Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. 23, the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I want to stop right here, and I want you to notice two things. One, the servants use the word invest. They use the words invest. They took what the master gave them and they invested it. They didn't do what they wanted to with it, right? They weren't crooked. They didn't go out and gamble. They didn't go out and just use it on food and drinks and all that. They took it, what the master had given them, and they invested it. And the second thing that I want you to notice is that the master's response was the same. No matter how much the return was, the master's uh, response was the same. The one that had five doubled it, got five more. The one that got two doubled it, got two more. But the master was what? Well done. Well done. He's not necessarily looking for an amount back, but that something good happened with what he gave you. Okay? Verse 24. Then the servant, here we go, uh-oh, right? We all know the story. Then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you did not plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant or gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have got, a, got some interest on it. The master's not looking for you to double it. He was looking just for something, right? Just to use it good. Verse 28. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags. And here is the principle. Here is why he told the parable. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But those who do nothing, even what little they have, will be taken away. Verse 30. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Listen, it's going to be one thing not to hear, well done, good and faithful. It's going to be a totally different thing for God to look at you and say, useless. Useless. And why was the servant useless? Not that he didn't come back with what he was given, but because he didn't use it. Because he didn't invest it. Because he did not live on mission with that money. Useless servant. That's tough. That's going to be tough to hear. Look, in this principle, God is, is, is or Jesus is, is showing us the importance of stewardship. Stewardship, not just money, even though that's what our minds go to but with everything that he's given you. 
your family, your time, your job, your personality, all the stuff that he has given you is what he's looking at, what he's invested in you, and what are you doing with all of that? What are you doing with all of that? The question isn't whether God has given you gifts. The parable shows that everybody got something, right? To the portion that they could get. It's not the fact that you don't have something to use as you live on mission. The question is, what are you doing with it? What are you using? Are you using it? Listen, no matter how small, and this is this is something that uh, I get I get tickled with, and it's hard when you're working with students and with children to kind of get them to wrap their brains around. But it doesn't matter how small or insignificant you may think you are. What you think about yourself does not determine if God's going to use you or not. What you think about yourself is not going to determine whether God can use you or not. The fact is, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what your social or economic status is. It doesn't matter if you're the star on the team or not. It doesn't matter who your mom and dad is. It doesn't matter if you even know who your mom and dad is. The fact is that God has placed gifts, talents, abilities, and responsibilities inside of you. So it's, it's enough of the excuses. It's what are you doing with it? Are you living on mission? Are you going out and telling people about Jesus? Are you baptizing them? Are you making them aware of all the commandments that God has given them, knowing that God is with you all the time? So here we go. Based on on this parable, there are three truths, and I know that sounds like a lot, but we're going we're gonna to go through them, okay? There are three truths that I want you to get out of this parable as we live on mission. And truth number one is this, and I love the simplicity of the gospel. I love how elementary sometimes it is. The fact is, the truth is, God has given us gifts to use as we live on mission. That's the truth. We heard it in the parable. God has given us all something and those gifts are given to us. Matthew 25 and 14 says he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them. Again, not about money. That's not the message. It's about the gifts. The master gave each of his servants something to manage on his behalf. And he expected them to manage it wisely. Right? That's the way God is to us. He has given you stuff. To manage. We have to manage it wisely. Look, this could be a lot of things. This could be a lot of things. And we won't run through everything that it could be. But it could be your personality. We all know Corey uses his personality. Right? If you hang around Corey long enough, you will get invested in his personality. And we love him for that. But it could be your personality. It could be your abilities. You know, I, I can't, it's hard. Now, listen, I'm going to tell on myself, but I used to shut the power off at the house to change light bulbs. I was terrified of electricity, right? Just couldn't do it. I meant like the big breaker outside. And then I would go change the light bulb. I do not have that ability. It's just something here. I just can't do it. But maybe some of you can. Maybe you can change a light bulb. 
without shutting down the power. God uses our abilities for certain things. Maybe it's the relationships that God has placed around you. Maybe that's what you need to be living on mission with. You know, I, I used to I used to hear the excuse sometimes of um, well, especially when we started kind of the marriage group and all that, where where we talk about stay at home moms. And man, I'm telling you what, there's no greater mission field than a kid. There's no greater place to live on mission than in front of your children. So so don't take that I live at home and not in a workplace as you don't really have anywhere to live on mission, those kids are worth you living on mission for. So it's the relationships. What about the opportunities you were given? You realize the opportunities that you have in front of you, that means somebody else doesn't have that opportunity. So use that mission, use that opportunity to live on mission. Maybe it's your resources, and I'm not talking about just money. Your time, your free time, your your whatever, your gifting, whatever that is, use your resources. The circumstances that you find yourself in are opportunities to live on mission. How are you going to handle that awful coworker? How are you going to handle that boss who keeps overlooking you? How are you going to handle losing the passing of somebody? All of those circumstances, all those situations, how are you going to how are you going to handle a setback financially? All of those are opportunities that we get every day to live on mission. It's what we do with it. It's the, it's, we, we just don't take the moment to think about it. We just don't, we just don't sit and, and say, God, how can I use this moment to live for you? But God has given each of us one. Now look, there were three servants. And we, and, and we typically compare the amounts of silver that they were given. But that's not the message, right? The message isn't the amount. The message is what they did. And I don't want us to overlook that. Because I know there's some of us sitting in here saying, well, I, I'm not like so-and-so-and-so-and-so. I can't speak in front of everybody. I can't give like everybody else gives. I can't teach like everybody else can teach. All I know how to do is swing a hammer. All I know how to do is push a, a broom or a mop. Let me tell you, this place wouldn't exist unless somebody could sling a hammer. This place wouldn't exist unless somebody could push a broom or a vacuum or a duster. It just wouldn't exist. Stop using the excuses. Just do what God has given you to do and go live on mission. Him. Stop worrying about the amount. The amount is not about favoritism. We tend to look at people who stand up in front of everybody and think, man, they got it. I'm telling you, I've seen some of the most miserable people that stand on a platform. They're not living on mission with what God has given them, but we think they are. So don't get caught up in who's doing what. You do what God has called you to do. Where God has called you to do it and live on mission. So truth number one, God has given us all gifts to live on mission. Truth number two is this. Use your gifts to live on mission. God's given them to you. Use them. Use them. 
you know, we just talked about stewardship a minute ago and we kind of talked about what it was. Can I tell you what it's not? Stewardship isn't holding on to it. Stewardship is not holding on to it. It's investing it. We saw in the parable what happened to the third servant who took what he was given and just took it, just kept it, just hid it. What happened to him? He got in a lot of trouble, didn't he? He got kicked out where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. He got called useless. It's not about storing up the resources just in case you have uh, an occasion to use it. Listen, I don't know how many of you guys remember, and, and COVID year kind of throws a loop into how far back things happened to me, and I don't, I don't understand. So 2020, 2020, I don't know if this story happened before 2020 or after 2020, but either way, there was a story that came out about an elderly man who passed away, and his kids went through all of his belongings like we all do, you know, after, he, after someone passes away, and they began to find Tupperware containers mason jars and little cans of cash all over the house like it was behind the tv it was under the bed it was in the attic it was in the cupboard but it was lots and lots of these little tupperware containers lots of mason jars and lots of cans with all this money just being put in put in it the family got together once everything was kind of done and they counted up the money and there was over a million dollars in that guy's house Million dollars just in Tupperware containers and jars and 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 cans, and he had been doing it. So they got to looking at all the currency. Some of the currency was over fifty years old, so it's not like he just started doing it. I mean, like he this has been what he did for fifty years, and and so there was like a little over a million dollars. And and the the specialists or the people that know stuff, they said that even if he would have started. 50 years ago, and invested that million dollars just in the bank, just put it there. The interest alone off of what was there, he did the same thing with it. He could have put it in the bank and just left it and forgot about it like he did at his house. But if he'd have just got interest off of it, it would have been over $5 million already. And that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't even touch if he would have invested it or if he would have started a business with it or whatever. It's what he did with his money. Was he a good steward? Some people would say, yeah. But it's, but it's not what money was meant for. Money was not meant to be put into Tupperware containers. Money was not meant to be put in mason jars and cans around your house. Invest it or use it, right? Either invest it or use it. And it's the same way with the gifts and the talents and those abilities that God has given us. Steward, being a good steward over that doesn't mean we just keep it. We just keep it. We have to use it. We have to invest it. Hiding the money seems like protecting it, but you know what you're actually doing? You're suffocating it. Because it's not living on purpose. It was not what it was designed and purposed to do. If you take your gifts and you take your abilities you take the stuff that God has given you and you don't use it, you know what you're doing? You're suffocating it. You're suffocating the purpose of it. And we're going to wind up getting to heaven one day and hearing the word useless because we take what God has given us and we just suffocate it because we're afraid. 
because we have anxiety. I'm not, play, I'm not saying these are insignificant things. I deal with fear and I deal with anxiety. I know what it's like. But I'm saying these are excuses that we can't use because God knows our ability. He knows what we're capable of. He knows where He's placed us. He knows what we have in us or He would never have put us in the places where we are he never would have given us the gifts that he had given us. He never would have told us to do something with it if we couldn't do it. We can do it. The problem is we get lazy, right? We get scared. We get intimidated. And so we say, God, I know you told me to do this. I know I have this gift, but I'm just going to suffocate it. And then we want to get to heaven and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. It's a hard pill to swallow, but it's the truth. It's the truth. It's what the Bible says. This is the way the kingdom of heaven operates. But look, there is a way forward. And again, I love the simplicity of the gospel. To start using your gift today, you just start. There's no class you need to go through. There's no four-week seminar you need to take. You know the gifts that you have inside of you. And, that, and if you don't, then that's a great indication that you've been smothering them. Because we can't, use this, we can't use the excuse, God, I don't know what to do with this. The way you steward, if you don't know how to use the gift God gave you, the way you steward it is that you research that. You figure out, one, how can I use it? Where can I use it? To whom can I use it? You know, you invest. You figure it out. Listen, I, I listen, dealing with students, they, I tell them all the time, you'll do what you want to do. And I'm going to tell you adults, you're going to do what you want to do. If you're not using the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given you to live on mission, it's because you don't want to. And you can't turn around and look at Pastor John if you're in heaven and hear the word useless. Yeah, Pastor, didn't you remember? Pastor's in, right? Hopefully. Oh, hope you're, Pastor, if you're listening, I hope, you get, I hope you're doing good. Uh, but hopefully, Pastor's in. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, anyway, we'll move forward. So, truth number one is God has given us gifts to use to live on mission. Truth number two is that we've got to use those gifts. And truth number three was the parable, at the, 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 the message of the parable, and that is, it's time to trust God. It's time to trust God. You know, when, when I began to kind of lay out what I felt like God was, was telling me to share, he, he, he told me, he said, Robbie, you know, you have to live out your message before you speak it. And, I, and that's just the way, or at least that's the way God does it for me. And, and I, I was in the CCC, sitting in the office, um, in, in the office where they do the uh, financial stuff. And I sit there, he said, how many times do I have to rescue you? How many circumstances and situations do I have to pull you out of? How many times do I have to show you before you will trust me? Before you will simply trust me. And that hit me. I'm like, God, I thought I did. But I could go back and replay my conversations. My words were not indicating that I trusted God in the midst of the circumstances and the situations that I found myself in. With, 
with the loss and 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 the we um, we've lost uh, another washer and dryer. I mean, it, you know, I know that's insignificant to a lot of people, but for us, we like clean clothes and 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 I'm sure people around us love the fact that that our clothes smell good. But we lost another washer dryer, and we and, and we were panicking. God, what are we going to do? We can't. You know what? It, man, we had <laughs> we had seven loads of laundry to go to the laundromat. It was going to be eighty four dollars. Can you imagine that week after week after week after week? I mean, we could build a house eventually. You know, we don't have a washer and dryer, but we have the money to build a house. $84 a week just on laundry. I'm like, we can't do that. What are we going to do, God? What are we going to do? And, and, and what's crazy is this past week, the, the guy that runs, well, I won't say where he's from. So anyway, they had, they had some apartments. Anyway, two people got evicted. And he called me. He said, look, he said, I know y'all are doing the yard sale. If you want to come up, the, the families just left. They didn't take nothing with them. They left bedroom suits, furniture. They left tables, chairs. They left it all. They just left. If you want to come look through it, you can. Well, they kept hounding and hounding and hounding. And I have a friend of mine, and, I, and she lives there. And so she just went over there and looked. And she said, Robbie, you'll never guess what. They have a brand new Washer and dryer, only been used one time, and they'll give it to you. How many times does God have to do something over and over and over before we say, you know what, God? I trust you. I trust you. I trust that you're going to take care of this situation. I trust that you're going to give us a washer and dryer. I trust whatever that is. The same thing with the gifts the talents, the abilities, the responsibilities that he's given us. He's given them to us. We have to use them. We can trust God. We can trust God. So what, what kind of amazed me in the parable, you know, the, the, third, the third servant went back and said, look, Master, I knew that you planted crops in a garden or in a field that wasn't yours, and I knew you harvested crops that wasn't yours. Do you realize that the first two servants saw the same thing? They saw the master doing all of that. What was the difference between the first two servants and the third one? The first two servants knew the master. The third one just saw what the master did. When you get to know somebody... That's where trust is developed. And I feel like sometimes we don't trust God because we don't know God. That we see God move, right? We see Him work every Sunday morning we're in here. We see Him bless people. We see what God can do, but we don't know Him. And there's a difference in seeing and knowing. And I feel like that's where a lot of us live. And because none of us get up off of our rear ends and do what God has called us to do is because we don't know Him. Can I tell you something? He's trustworthy. <laughs> do you realize that God has never broken a promise? Not to you. Not to anybody that's ever existed. Not to the billions upon billions upon billions upon billions of people that have lived on this planet from the beginning of time with Adam and Eve 
until the person being born right now. God has never. How many of y'all have? God has a track record that has lasted thousands of years that he can be trusted. His love will cast out all fear. You know how you know that? Because you get to know him. If you fear, if you have those moments where you just don't know how, get to know him. He's the how. He's the how. He's the way you're going to get out. His ways and his thoughts are limitless. You can't figure it out, but you know who can? So get to know him. Get to know him. He will never leave you and he will never betray you. He will never leave you. He will never, but even if you walk away, That's my God. I can't tell you how many times in my life. I'm, I, I know it's hard to believe, but I'll be 50 this year. I know I look young. I can't tell you how many times in my life that I have just wandered away. I said, God, I don't know <laughs> if you could really do this one. But he never leaves. He is... He is right there the moment you turn and say, God, I'm sorry. And wham, he's right. Man, I'm sorry. I got to get into myself for a minute. You can know him, not just judge what you see. He's created a moments and opportunities for you to approach him. Just to know him. The third servant was afraid of the potential punishment because he didn't know God. He didn't know the master. And I know it's risky. I know it feels like it's all on you when you tend to tend to try to start stepping out and using the gifts that God has given you. But can I tell you that God is always there? And that you can trust him. I don't know if Corey's in the room. Corey, you can come on up. Listen, God has put gifts inside of you. You didn't ask him for it. You realize that? You realize that those gifts and those talents, those abilities you didn't ask for? They've been with you since the moment you were birthed. You didn't ask him for it. You know that you're in a place that you didn't ask to be in. God put you there. You got gifts that you didn't ask for and you're in a place you didn't ask to be. But God knows your abilities. God knows your gifts, your talents. He knows what you are capable of so he put you he put in you what he needed and he put you where he needed you to live on mission so the question is not are they there they're there the not the question is not where do you use it because you're right here you're 
right where God placed you. The question is, are you going to? Are you going to suffocate the gifts, the talents? Are you going to live on mission and do what God has called you to? We can stand. Y'all can stand. And look, because God placed it in you, and because God placed you where you are, that means you can do it. You didn't ask for it, but you were placed here on purpose. So listen, quit, quit, quit griping about your family and live on mission in front of them. Can I say that again? Quit griping about the family God put you in. Quit griping about their shortcomings. Quit griping about how they frustrate you. Quit griping about all the stuff that they don't do like you, so it's wrong. And live on mission in front of them because God put you there. Quit griping about your job. Quit griping about your co-workers. Quit griping about your boss because God put you there. Stop griping. Live on mission. Stop griping at the waitress for not getting your drink to you in 20 minutes. Live on mission in front of them. We all are somewhere and we all have gifts. It's what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? You got to live on mission. You got to live on mission. Do you want to hear well done, good and faithful? Or do you want to hear useless? That's your choice. God's done everything he can do. He's put it in you and he's placed you where you wanted it. But he's such a gentleman that he's not going to make you be robotic. What are you going to do with it? As we pray, what if we really knew, what if we really knew God has given us gifts? What if we really used those gifts? And lastly, what if we really trusted God? Trusting God makes all the difference in the world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you for this parable that you that you have wrote in your word. And I pray, God, I know that it speaks on so many different levels, but God, I thank you for bringing the truth out today and about us living on mission for you. God, you have erased every doubt that we, any of us have gifts. We've all been entrusted with something. It's just different stuff. So we can't say that we don't have nothing to give because we all have something. And God, thank you that you erased the, any doubt on where we are supposed to use those gifts. 
because not only have you given us the gifts, but you put us right where you wanted us to be to use those gifts. So, Father, I pray that you help us trust you. That you help us, Father, trust you. That we do away with excuses and just get to know you. That we lay aside all of our anxiety and our fear and our doubts and we just get to know you. Because if we get to know you, God, we will know that you are trustworthy. That you never leave us, you never forsake us. And God, you got us. You hold us in the palm of your hand. Father, today we honor you. Thank you for what you do. Now, God, I just pray that you give us the courage, the strength to begin to walk out these doors today into the community and the places that you called us to with the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you gave us to go live on mission, to go make disciples, to go baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, to go teach them to obey all the commandments, not the ones they want to, but all of them, Father, all while trusting that you will be with us you will be with us every step of the way. And I thank you for that, Father. You are so good to us. You're so kind to us. You're so, you're so gentle with us, God. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.